Welcome to the 10th of March 1997, welcome to Reliving the War and welcome to the War Zone. The WWF have changed the name and branding of its flagship Monday Night Television show. WWF Monday Night Raw is now known as Raw is War. The WWF are live tonight from Worcester, Massachusetts, while WCW Nitro is live from Panama City Beach, Florida. While the WWF declare war with their new name and their new arena set, WCW are having a big old spring break party. We are at Club La Vela for Monday Nitro when the Nitro ring has been placed right in the middle of the club's swimming pool. Everything feels extremely fresh this week on both shows. Raw and Nitro are very nice to look at. Let's just hope the in-ring action is also pleasing to the eye. Let's take a look at our opening segments. WCW Nitro opens up with a pre-taped video of Hulk Hogan and Dennis Rodman. Hogan says the NWO are as bad as they want to be and Rodman implies that there's gonna be some sort of announcement later on tonight. Just to get it out of the way, the commentary team talk about this during the whole broadcast and they wonder if Dennis Rodman of the Chicago Bulls has actually joined the New World Order. A limousine then pulls up to Club La Vila, Roddy Piper and his three musketeers get out of the vehicle and they make their way to the venue. We'll hear from Roddy Piper after our opening match. On Raw, after fans get a good look at the new Raw's war set, Psycho Sid's music begins playing. We learn that Paulie dangerously has showed up for Raw tonight and he's gonna have a debate with Jerry Lawler. Ken Shamrock also has a big announcement to make on tonight's show. So we have Sid opening up Raw with a promo while High Voltage takes on Steve McMichael and Jeff Jarrett on Monday Nitro, the third time in a row that Mongo and Jarrett have opened up WCW's flagship show. Larry Sabisco says the Nitro matches tonight will be a little more dangerous because the competitors are going to wrestle on a quote floating ring. Mm -hmm. So how did Mongo and Jarrett manage to screw each other over this week? Well, they didn't. Surprisingly, both men worked well together and Mongo ended up winning the match after nailing a tombstone pile driver. Does this mean the horsemen are finally back to their former glory and they can now focus on the important stuff like conducting horseman business? We'll come back to that in a moment. Speaking of tombstone pile drivers, The Undertaker interrupted Psycho Sid's promo on Raw. Sid will team up with the dead man in tonight's main event against Mankind and Vader. And Sid thinks The Undertaker has set him up, implying that Taker is still working with Paul Bearer. After Sid says he'll put The Undertaker in the cemetery for good following WrestleMania, the dead man makes his way to the ring and Taker makes the statement of the century when he says Psycho Sid's logic doesn't make any sense. Undertaker 2 was trying to solve the riddle of kicker be kicking it seems. Undertaker says it makes no sense for him to set up Sid because then the championship belt can't come home to the creatures. The Phenom says he'll take care of Vader and Mankind all by himself but then Paul Bearer makes his way to the ring with Taker and Sid's opponents. After accidentally calling this new show War on Raw, Bearer sends Vader and Mankind into the ring. A fight breaks out, Vader was supposed to hit Taker and the Phenom would think it was Sid who hit him, but they got the timing all wrong here, it didn't come off too well. The WrestleMania main eventers clear the ring to end the segment, it's still a good way to start this new era of Raw though. Rocky Maivia vs Tony Roy is next on Raw while Roddy Piper cuts a promo on Nitro. Ok so let's pull this fucking thing out again. It was announced on WCW Saturday night that yes, Team Piper vs Team WCW vs Team NWO was official. And get this, it was also announced that if Piper's team wins, 
Piper will get a cage match against Hulk Hogan at a later date. So what have we had on the line now? Luger said all the belts would be on the line at one point, Bischoff said the future of WCW would be on the line, and now a cage match with Hogan is also on the line. You're gonna love what ends up being the actual reward, but anyway, Roddy Piper then spoils the big Dennis Rodman announcement later on Nitro when he says Rodman is gonna be at the pay-per-view, and Piper also takes shots at the World Wrestling Federation. I must have missed this, but apparently a commentator on WWF TV talked about having no one-hip wrestlers on their pay-per-views. Piper says the World Wrestling Federation are liars, saying as he only had one hip when he defeated Goldust last year at WrestleMania. So shots fired, I guess. Piper gets interrupted by the Horseman. We don't have Chris Benoit, but we do have Double Denim Double A. Arn Anderson says Piper's three goons showed a lot of heart last week, but uncensored will be a job for professionals, not amateurs. Per John Tenta, Arn says the Horsemen are once again offering their services to Roddy Piper. If Piper wants to beat the NWO, he needs the Horsemen. Ric Flair pretty much says the same thing. Flair wants Piper to take the Horsemen, walk the aisle at uncensored, and beat the New World Order. Flair takes his jacket off while doing some styling and profiling, and Piper puts it on. And he says yes, Piper will bring in the Horsemen as team members for Uncensored. So that means all that stuff last week was for absolutely nothing. One of Nitro's worst ever segments was all for nothing. And the convoluted timeline of events leading up to Uncensored gets even more ridiculous with the addition of the Horsemen. The Horsemen and Piper's punks all hug it out and the commentary team try to put across that the NWO now has a real problem. I don't really think they do. Tony Roy vs Rocky Maivia then, Tony Roy's a nice looking chap isn't he? Right at the opening bell, the Sultan, the Iron Sheik and Bob Backlund show up at the entranceway and they start screaming at Maivia. It's announced here that the Sultan is gonna face Rock at WrestleMania 13 and the Intercontinental Championship will be on the line. Bob Backlund continues to scream incoherent gibberish as Rocky destroys future WWE legend Tony Roy. One and a half minutes of action, Rock hits a clothesline, he then performs his float over DDT and Rock scores the win with a flying crossbody. Maivia's cousin then hits the ring and a fight breaks out, Maivia has absolutely no problem at all taking out Backland, Sheik and Sultan, and well, there you have it, that's how the build to this IC title match began. The superstars of AAA then competed in a trios match on Raw while Dave Taylor took on Prince Ikea on Nitro. Both matches featured cutaways. On Nitro we saw the NWO arriving to the venue in their incognito Hummer. Scott Hall tells the group to go in the back entrance because he knows the dishwasher at Club Vita. And as the group make their way around the venue, Michael Wall Street gets attacked off camera just like Big Bubba a few weeks ago. Tony Schiavone then tries to save the Dennis Rodman announcement for later by saying it's still not official if Dennis has joined the New World Order, but seeing as Piper spoiled it, Flair talked about it briefly too, and we also had the Hogan and Rodman intro to Nitro, I'd say Tony was completely wasting his time with this one. Super heavyweight Prince Ikea shifted his 360 pound bodyweight while Taylor scooped him up for a slam, Ikea retains the TV title. During the Raw match, China was spotted in the audience, security decided to physically remove her from her seat and escort her out of the venue. While the match continued on, the WWF showed China's interference over the past few weeks, and to further show they couldn't give a shit about the match inside the ropes, 
We also got a split screen interview during the match. What's good though is the fact that Brian Pullman is back and it sounds like he's getting prepared for a return to the ring. Brian says there's no better place for him to return than Shotgun Saturday Night when the censors will be asleep and he can do and say whatever he wants. McMahon says he looks forward to seeing Brian's work inside the ring. But maybe Pillman didn't get cleared in time because Bran would end up providing commentary for the Shotgun Show. Pillman's televised return to in-ring action wouldn't happen until May of 1997. Heavy Metal, Pierroth and Pentagon won the match by the way. It certainly wasn't the focus of the broadcast, but there were some good high-flying moves here. Check out Latin Lovers Dive from the Ring to the Outside. Eddie Guerrero vs Jim Powers on Nitro, Ahmed Johnson vs Roy Raymond on WWF Raw. What is it with jobbers called Roy tonight? Tony Roy, Roy Raymond, Roy Maivia. Double R pulls off a suplex and then the nat- wait, check out Roy's sick maple leaf tattoo. Wonderful. The Nation of Domination come out right away and listen to the start of the nation's theme song. Sounds like someone was having fun on the old turntables. Chicago Street the nation stand at the entranceway while Ahmed makes quick work of Roy. Roy gets dumped out of the ring, he then takes a spine buster, and Ahmed finishes the job with a Pearl River plunge. Farouk says that Ahmed has no idea what the streets are really like, but he will find out at WrestleMania 13 during the Chicago Street Fight. The crowd begins chanting for Ahmed, and Johnson becomes Hulk Hogan for a second. Farouk says he's gonna bring the whole nation to WrestleMania, and Ahmed says he isn't stupid enough to walk into Mania without some backup. Ahmed has found two mean and nasty guys, and then the Road Warriors appear from the audience. Hawk and Animal get in the ring and the crowd go absolutely nuts. Hawk says Ahmed and the Legion of Doom will leave the nation like a sweaty, fly-covered pile of raw… sweat socks? Yeah, sweat socks. Animal leads a loud LOD chant and of course Ahmed can't help himself. He seizes the moment and he starts a you're going down chant. I like how Farouk reacted to this. Ahmed said a few nation members were turning white with fear. He actually did say that by the way. But Farouk doesn't seem to care at all about the road warriors. He just looks indifferent. Anyway, that's another WrestleMania match booked. LOD and Ahmed Johnson versus the Nation of Domination in a Chicago street fight. Over on Nitro, Dean Malenko provided commentary for the Guerrero vs Jim Powers match, and Dean talked about exposing Eddie for what he truly is. Dean said that Eddie was jealous of him. Dean had accomplished way more in WCW than Eddie could ever dream of, and Dean says that Eddie didn't deserve the US title seeing as he took advantage at Starcade when the New World Order interfered in his match. Just as Dean was saying that Eddie would use underhanded tactics to win matches, Guerrero pushes Jim Powers into Teddy Long, and this allows Guerrero to win the match. Eddie maybe just proved Dean's point. Mean Gene gets an interview afterwards, and Eddie says it isn't he who chokes people during matches and kicks guys while they're down. That's Dean Malenko. And it's Malenko who hasn't been himself recently, not Eddie Guerrero. Eddie says he's getting tired of all this. His friends and family think he's changing for the worse. The only person who made a mistake during this whole time frame was the Iceman Dean Malenko. Guerrero vs Malenko is booked for Uncensored this week. It'll be our opening contest, and as always, I'll be covering the event this Sunday on the channel. Sergeant Craig Pittman took on Diamond Dallas Page next on Monday Nitro, while the new Blackjacks vs Owen and Bulldog happened on Raw. 
Jim Ross wanted to congratulate Davy Boy Smith for his European title win last week on Raw, but Owen interrupts Davy. The King of Hearts says that this tag match is way more important, and when Ross asked Owen if he was jealous, Owen told Jim to stop stirring up trouble. Two split screen interviews during this one and a commercial break. The first interview was with Mankind and Vader. It was announced here that Vader and Foley were getting a shot at the tag team titles at WrestleMania. Vader says he fears no pain, he feels no pain, and as for Mankind, well, he loves pain and he loves dishing out pain. That's a lot of pain. And as for Davey and Owen, they just aren't good enough to beat this new tag team. The next interview was with ECW's Taz. Taz says if Vince McMahon wants to hire comedians to sit next to him and crack jokes, then that's his business. Paul Heyman, on the other hand, hires extreme athletes. Taz says he heard Lawler was talking shit and if the king wants to make fun of Taz, he's going to have the opportunity to do it to Taz's face in just a moment. The tag team match ended when Owen applied the sharpshooter to Bradshaw. Davey ran into the ring to fight off Wyndham, but Davey ended up pushing the referee, leading to Owen and Davey getting disqualified. Taz then showed up to confront Lawler, the human suplex machine grabs the king, but then Sabu appears from nowhere and he tries to dive from the ropes to the outside. Sabu misses both men and he goes through a table. JR wonders if the target was Lawler or if the target was Taz. Quick side note, apparently Taz was legitimately hot for Lawler making fun of his size, so Lawler decided to keep making jokes about Taz on commentary. Check out how proud Craig Pittman was of his snapmare takedown. Congratulations Craig. DDP then pulled off a sort of famouser I guess, and he too was very proud of his handiwork. Pittman began cheating to gain the upper hand but he couldn't put Paige away. Dallas hits a big right hand that makes Craig crumble to the mat and Dallas was able to pick up a victory with the diamond cutter. After the bout, DDP cut a promo with Mean Gene Okerlund but during the interview, the electrics began playing up at Club La Vela. DDP continued talking and no one could hear him. Hello. There must have been quite some panic backstage as the lights couldn't get restored by the time Nitro came back from a commercial break, so Nitro went off the air again briefly so they could try and fix this pretty big problem. We come back from commercial break too and the lights are back on. Page continues his promo. Okerlin says that Randy Savage thinks so much of DDP that the Macho Man has already forgotten his name, but Page says he hasn't forgotten what Randy did to him two weeks ago. Dallas says his name is Diamond Dallas Page. And when all is said and done, Randy Savage will remember him as DDP. They love Dallas in Panama City tonight, and Paige has now completely came into his own. He's super over now as a fully fledged babyface. Oh shit, Ultraman is back on Nitro this week. We have Galaxy vs Rey Mysterio on Nitro, and we have Leaf Cassidy vs Miguel Perez Jr. on Raw. You know, for the first ever episode of Raw's War, there's certainly been a lot of throwaway matches, and this isn't the last one. Miguel Perez Jr. then makes his in-ring Raw debut, and he quite simply was not impressive. First, there was this kip-up here where he nearly fell back on his ass, and this leapfrog here was completely messed up, although this could have been either man's fault. Cassidy and Perez just didn't really work well together, the crowd couldn't have cared less, and neither could I. Perez got the win with a roll-up. During the match, Paulie dangerously cut a promo. Vince told Paul to keep his roster in check and Paul told Vince to keep his comedian in check. Heyman says he has a lot of friends with him tonight on Raw and every one of them is very extreme. 
If Lawler wants to bring anybody to the ring later during the ECW-WWF debate, then members of the ECW roster are gonna show up in the ring tonight. Mysterio counters a full Nelson with a grounded leg lock to start off the Nitro match. When both men get back to their feet, Ray pulls off a high-angle snapmare before sending Ultraman across the ring with a monkey flip. Ultraman already looks completely blown up. Ray then hits a springboard dropkick that almost sends Ultraman into the swimming pool. Ultraman then walks the top rope a la Undertaker but there's no old school today folks. Just a pair of smashed little Ultra Balls. Mysterio pulls off an Arabian press moonsault but dollar store Jushin Lager comes back with a clothesline before missing a moonsault. We then see the West Coast pop and just like that it's all over. These Nitro matches have been incredibly quick this week. Ultraman's losing streak continues on Nitro but to be honest I hope to see him back next week. We have quite a lot happening on Nitro next, an 8-man tag team match featuring the Amazing French Canadians, no not the Quebecers, the Amazing French Canadians, Greg Valentine and Roadblock, even the Colonel knows this is a shit assembly of superstars if there ever was one. And on the opposite team we have, Jesus Christ, Lex Luger, the Steiners and the Giant, welcome to the slaughter. We also have a Juventud Guerrero vs Ultimo Dragon match and over on Raw we have a Ken Shamrock promo. Let's stick with Nitro then and see how long this tag team match lasts for. Okay, let's pull out our uncensored timeline of events because we have even more shit to add to it. So, it's confirmed here that each team will have 4 competitors. Giant, Rick Steiner, Scott Steiner and Lex Luger are Team WCW and get this, just, just listen to this. So, it isn't a normal tag team match, Shivani says it'll start with a man from each team inside the ring, so it starts with 3 guys. After an unspecified time interval, 3 more men will enter the match, and this continues until all 12 men are in the ring. The last man standing will get the win for his team. Now, this isn't a bad idea, it ends up playing out like a war games match but with eliminations and no cages. But do you think the journey to get to this point could be any more confusing? Harvey Schiller was on Nitro last week, it was the perfect opportunity for Harvey to use his position to book the match and that would have done just fine. This? This looks like something a lunatic would write down. Oh but wait, there's fucking more. If a member of Team WCW wins, then the NWO have to give up their belts and they can't wrestle for 36 months. If Team Piper wins, Piper gets the cage match against Hogan. If the New World Order wins the match, a member of the group will get a title shot for any championship they want on any date of their choosing. So, if you're gullible enough to think the NWO won't wrestle for 3 years then I guess this would have felt unpredictable. What a complete shit show. This 8 man tag could have been better if it was given a little more time, each guy only got around 30 seconds in the ring, that's right it's a 2 minute 8 man tag match. Giant ends it with a chokeslam to roadblock that almost put the ring into the swimming pool. The move of the match though was definitely this exploder suplex from Scotty Steiner to roadblock, that's just incredible strength. I had to laugh during the post match interview, even Mean Gene Okerlund and Lex Luger had no idea what was happening at Uncensored. They're going to be allowed on any WCW telecast, do I understand things right? I think so. Luger says Piper shouldn't trust the horsemen, Giant says Team WCW is a squad who just can't lose. 
And Scotty Steiner says this. We're coming after you. Lex is taking everybody else and the Giants going to take business as usual. Just take business as usual, guys. Mean Gene then says there's some inspiration up in the rafters and whatever this is, it makes the big bad booty daddy smile. We don't know what this inspiration is, but I'd be willing to bet that some lady got the bops out. Why else would Scott Steiner be so happy? Ultimo Dragon then defeated Juventud Guerrero with a Tiger suplex, some good stuff here from both men as expected, but the crowd was strangely silent throughout the whole match. Before Ken Shamrock's interview, it's announced that Bret Hart will get a title shot next week against Psycho Sid on Raw, meaning the whole WrestleMania main event is once again in question. The match is going to take place inside a steel cage, and Big Sid isn't worried at all. Sid says he's dealing with two top guys tonight, Vader and Mankind, he'll deal with another top gun next week inside a cage, and Sid's path will still ultimately lead to the WrestleMania main event. I'm looking forward to next week's Raw though, it's one of my favourite episodes of all time. Ken Shamrock is in the ring on Raw and Jim Ross announces that Shamrock is going to be the special guest referee for the Hart vs Austin WrestleMania submission match, which could now be a WWF title match if Bret beats Sid next week. Shamrock says he's happy to be in the World Wrestling Federation and he's honoured to be part of WrestleMania and the submission match. Shamrock knows a thing or two about submissions and he looks forward to the big event in Chicago. As far as being a referee for a Bret Hart vs Steve Austin match, Shamrock says he won't be intimidated but he will be fair. Steve Austin interrupts the promo on the Titantron, saying Ken should be more honoured that Stone Cold doesn't walk down to the ring and stomp his guts in. Austin says he doesn't know what Bret Hart is doing to get all these title shots, but he does hope that Bret wins next week. This would mean that Steve Austin headlines WrestleMania and he gets a shot at the belt, something Austin feels he was owed since the Royal Rumble. We then get a rare promo botch from Steve Austin. Ken says he hasn't got his gear on tonight and Steve Austin says that doesn't matter, Austin would fight in his underwear if he had to. Ken then invites Stone Cold to the ring but Bret Hart comes out instead. Hart sarcastically says it was nice for the World Wrestling Federation to give him some mic time so he could talk about everything that happened in the last 3 weeks or so. Bret said he was happy to win the WWF title at Final 4, but when he unfairly lost it the next night, nobody in the World Wrestling Federation did anything about it. Bret says some fans have been saying that all he does is cry, well Bret did indeed cry long enough to grill him on soon and that's how he got his title shot next week. Hart says that Sid is simply not as good as the hitman and next week Bret will become a 5 time champion. Hart feels sorry for The Undertaker though because his title shot has all but disappeared and Stone Cold just got himself a lucky break thanks to the excellence of execution. Brett is extremely confident that he's gonna win next week, and as for Ken Shamrock, Brett says he likes Ken, and Ken has been nothing but nice to Brett, but if Shamrock tries to screw over Brett just like everyone else, then there's gonna be a problem. Shamrock says he isn't a marriage counsellor, he isn't there to listen to Brett's problems, Brett got a good kick out of this line by the way, and Shamrock said his job is to call the match fair and raise the winner's hand at the end, and that's exactly what he's going to do. Steve Austin then shows up on the entranceway, he flips off both guys, and Raw then moves on to its next segment. This whole Austin vs Brett feud has been nothing but solid gold, and it's truly been the highlight of WWF programming over these past few months. Great work once again by everyone involved.
We're going to quickfire these next few segments on both Raw and Nitro because really, nothing good happened. Scotty Riggs took on Chris Jericho next on Nitro while Billy Gunn wrestled Aldo Montoya. The WCW match ended with another Buff Bagwell run in. Buff was in his little Daisy Dukes here and he gave Scotty a whipping with his belt, but good guy Chris Jericho saved the day. Medusa cut a promo afterwards and she looked like she had a few cocktails before coming out. From what I gathered, both Luna Vachon and Medusa are claiming to be the number one contender for the women's championship, even though it wasn't announced here because maybe Medusa forgot to say it, but Luna vs Medusa will take place at Uncensored. On Raw, Billy Gunn defeated Aldo Montoya. This was Gunn's first match back since he took that stun gun from Bart. Vince says on commentary it was only a stinger. Looked like a pretty serious stinger to me. The Honky Tonk Man watched this match, he's still searching for that protege, and the WWF are still trying to sign Disco Inferno it seems. Sunny cut a split screen promo here where she invited fans to go undercover with her on Shotgun Saturday night, and Billy Gunn won the match with a leg drop while Sunny cut the promo. Looks like Billy Gunn was working on a sick tan while he was off the road. The Kevin Sullivan show then started on Nitro as the former Taskmaster took on Hard Body Harrison while Goldust done battle with Tim McNaney. Should have really been called Roy McNaney. Tim just isn't a great wrestler name, is it? The Sullivan match was short, but give them credit here, they fought all around the venue and Hard Body got tossed into the swimming pool by both Sullivan and Jaggy. This was easily the highlight of the match. The Kevin Sullivan show continues with an in-ring promo, but we'll come back to that in a moment. On Raw, China reappeared during the Goldust vs Tim match, but what's interesting here is that Vince McMahon announced earlier that China was arrested, Triple H is now standing beside China, so it's implied that Hunter went down to the police station and bailed her out. Must have been a very efficient police station. Goldust makes quick work of Timmy and then China begins making her way down to the ring. While Goldust tries to protect Marlena, Hunter strikes from behind. A big fight breaks out and Marlena ends up jumping on China's back. When things get broken up, Marlena decides to slap China across the face and China retaliates by throwing Harvey Whippleman into another few referees. Jerry Lawler says that China is the six million dollar woman, she's bionic, and the fans reaction to all of this was very positive. Alright, next up we have the ECW debate on Monday Night Raw while Kevin Sullivan and company cut a promo on Nitro. Jimmy Hart starts the promo off by saying he feels very protected backstage thanks to Sullivan and Jackie. He puts Jackie over saying the other women of WCW are now afraid to stick their faces out of the dressing room. Um. Jimmy says that Jackie is armed and Jackie is dangerous. Say the line, Bart! And her and Kevin together are just too legit to quit! Because we too legit to quit! Just too legit to quit! Because we too legit to quit! Too legit to quit! Too legit to quit! Too legit to quit! Jackie says she can beat any woman and any man in WCW, the only exception being Kevin Sullivan. Clearly they had a wrestling match and Jackie couldn't take the intense bunny hop. Sullivan says Roddy Piper is a smart man because he teamed up with the Horsemen. And Sullivan somehow gets from this statement to saying that the Horsemen haven't been the same for over a year, thanks to the Dungeon of Doom. No mate, I think the Horsemen even said themselves that the NWO tore them apart, but whatever makes you feel happy. Sullivan then says, from himself, Jackie and Jimmy, Sunday night, no excuses. What? 
what? What was the point in this? Sullivan had absolutely nothing to do with the uncensored main event. He has nothing to do with Piper. Yes, he had trouble with Benoit and the Horseman, but that's totally irrelevant to the uncensored main event. Honestly, it feels like Sullivan just booked himself some mag time and he had no fucking idea what to talk about. Jim Ross hosts the ECW debate. They even broke out the podium for this one. Jerry Lawler is going to talk about the first debate topic. It's the only debate topic. Should ECW exist as a company? Jerry says the question should actually be, does ECW even exist in the first place? Being on Raw is the most exposure ECW has ever gotten, and Lawler says ECW is just a bunch of has-beens and misfits that couldn't catch on with any legitimate wrestling organizations. The Eliminators and the Dudleys show up, but they stay on the outside as Jerry Lawler says no one in ECW can wrestle. So to compensate, the people who work in ECW resort to flat-out violence to get people excited. There's enough idiots in Philadelphia who'll come out and see it happen. Heyman screams at Lawler to stop. Paul says the WWF's success is not a testament to anything Jerry Lawler ever did in the company. ECW may draw less fans to Philadelphia shows than the World Wrestling Federation, but the roster pours their blood, sweat and tears in the ring to make sure every fan gets their money's worth. And that's what ECW is all about and that's why ECW exists. As Paul begins plugging Barely Legal on pay-per-view, Tommy Dreamer, Beulah McGillicuddy and Sandman hit the ring. Paul E stops the Sandman from attacking Lawler. The King says Paul wants to be thankful that the World Wrestling Federation are giving him a chance to plug a pay-per-view on Raw. Heyman then begins to lose it and he asks the King if he wants to shoot because if he does, Heyman knows that Jerry's kids don't even want to use his surname. King replies by saying Heyman is a 35-year-old man who still lives with his mother and it's Paul's mom and dad who finance ECW. Things are really heating up. Tommy Dreamer says if the King wants a war, he should call the WWF boys out to the ring and a war will take place right now between ECW and the World Wrestling Federation. As Lawler gets surrounded by ECW wrestlers, the King says, fine, let's do it. He calls out his friends, but no one shows up. No one wants to back up the King. Jerry says the ECW guys may hurt him, but Paul Heyman won't do anything. And that's how it ended. This was good by the way, Paul E was excellent and he brought a heavy dose of realism to Raw's war through his promo delivery. We've reached the end of our shows for this week, WCW Nitro ends with an NWO promo, while the World Wrestling Federation put on that Mankind Invader vs Sid and Undertaker tag team match. The Raw match starts off with Sid taking on both Vader and Mankind all on his own. The heels attacked before Taker made his way to the ring, and fans wondered if the dead man was even going to show up. Sid initially does okay on his own, but he takes a beating in the corner. And this leads to The Undertaker hitting the ring and the Phenom takes charge, hitting Vader with a clothesline right away, followed by a choke slam. Mankind clotheslines Taker over the top rope and it looks like Foley forgot that the ring steps were in a new position. He takes a loud bump here when falling down. The match gets officially underway with Taker now in his corner. The crowd chants for Sid as Vader does a little damage to the WWF champion inside the ropes. Sid takes a clothesline and a splash as Vince McMahon says this match has started late and the WWF hopes that the USA Network will give them a little more time. Big Vader saves the day with a chin lock to Sid and this one stays on for a long time. If there were time constraints here then Vader better get his act together. 
two minutes of chin lock action here guys, that's longer than some WCW matches, and because it's two minutes of chin lock action, we have to do it. Big Vader's two minute chin lock. We go to commercial break and when we come back, Undertaker and Mankind fight on the outside as Vader hits Sid with a clothesline. Vince McMahon says the USA Network has granted them more time to finish this episode of Raw by the way, so lucky us. Mankind comes in with an elbow drop but Sid kicks out of the follow up cover and The Undertaker gets tagged in. Taker makes easy work of Mankind, he hits a choke slam, but he decides to break the follow up pin when Sid runs in to take care of Vader. Undertaker then accidentally hits Sid when he jumps off the apron and Sid retaliates by attacking his WrestleMania 13 opponent. The two get in the ring where Taker hits a chokeslam on Sid and the Phenom then flies over the top rope to take out Vader and Foley. Sid decides he isn't going to take that so he throws the dead man back into the ring and the Undertaker gets nailed with a powerbomb. Sid then leaves the ring and Vader successfully pins the Phenom, ending the main event of Raw. Sid then tries to push Vader off the middle rope during a Vader bomb attempt, and Taker had to move out of the way really fast. This could have been a disaster. Undertaker throws Vader out of the ring and then he goes up the ramp after Sid, and that's how it ended. Raw had a little extra time so Bret Hart cut a backstage promo afterwards. He hyped up next week's cage match by saying everyone will find out who the king of the World Wrestling Federation is next week when the Hitman wins the championship once again. I'm guessing a big reason for the NWO ending Nitro with a promo was so the group could announce Dennis Rodman as a new member, but that's already been spoiled. The suspended Eric Bischoff is here too, every firing he made has been reversed also, and I'm guessing that because NWO is supposed to be a separate entity to WCW, then Eric is still allowed to make appearances with the group, but he can't make any executive decisions. No time is wasted, Bischoff asks Hogan if Dennis Rodman is the newest member of the NWO, and we see footage of Hogan giving the real hot rod his black and white shirt during a movie premiere, so there you go. Hogan also announces that Dirty Dennis will be at Uncensored, something that Piper also spoiled earlier, and he will be in the NWO's corner for the main event. So let's just fit this in somewhere, that'll do. Hogan then officially gave Sting his NWO colours, and the Stinger didn't seem to care all that much. Something wasn't right with Sting in this group and fans already had a good idea that he wasn't all in when it came to the New World Order. The Outsiders send a message to Luger, the Giant and the Steiners, don't sing it, bring it. And when the Macho Man gets a little mic time, he forgets DDP's name again. Hogan can't remember Dallas's name either and he calls him a nobody. Sting gets asked as well, but he doesn't say a word. And Macho Man says he isn't sweating it anyway, it doesn't really matter. And Hulk, well, Hulk says this. That the NWO is tits, brother. That's the end of our promo, Hogan says nothing's gonna change after Uncensored. So way to sell a pay per view there Hulkster, good job. And the NWO are gonna reign supreme when all is said and done. I had a tough time picking a winner this week, Raw had good moments but there were also a bunch of Roys on the show, Nitro also had good moments but every match was super super quick. I'm giving the point to Raw simply because Raw's war looked so fresh in comparison to the old Monday Night Raw set 
and it's an important show of the Monday Night War. But if you're going to go into this one to watch good wrestling matches, you might end up a bit disappointed. Here's how I would have scored it using the old scoring system. It ended up a draw here. Our leaderboards then look like this. Raw has 29 points, Nitro has 35 points, and we've had 10 ties. In the television ratings, Nitro got the win with a 3.5, Raw got a 2.3. The new Raw set looks great, but the new theme of the WWF's flagship show doesn't lead to any immediate success. Hopefully you join me later in the week for the full WCW Uncensored review. It's been a confusing build to the main event, but let's see if WCW make up for it with the match itself. Next week on Raw, Bret Hart and Psycho Sid step into the steel cage, and we get a very pivotal and very important promo afterwards. Thanks for watching Reliving the War guys, and take care.